the Lord God reigns his robe and majesty. I want to welcome you this morning to another live session of the Potter's Gate Online broadcast. My name is Isaiah Phillips and Kintola. It's a beautiful day. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in him. Yes, Father, we thank you for your reign. Your robe and majesty. We adore you this morning. Honor and glory to you. Praise. Majesty be ascribed unto you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to welcome you once again this morning. This is the day the Lord has made. We will continue to glorify him and bless his name. Yes, our desire this morning is to continue to behold him and honor him and glorify him and exalt him and lift him high for he's been good. He's been wonderful. He's done so many wonderful, glorious things for us and we cannot but just to continue to lift him up with our life let our life today be a living sacrifice let our life be a living worship unto him yes we celebrate him this morning amen once once again i want to welcome you to this season what what an interesting season the father has brought us into this is a time where things are happening so fast that you 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 can hardly catch your breath but we thank god that nothing happens without the directions of the spirit and the guidance and the leading of the spirit so we are very much abreast with what is happening around us within us and across the nation yes we are not in darkness the spirit of the lord has continued to speak and direct us in terms of his purposes and desire so this morning once again as we continue to pray we will believe him for clarity and direction and insight and revelation to walk in the reality of the complexities of our day. We are not afraid. We are not shaken. We are not moved. Let the things that can be rolled away be rolled away. Let the things that can be shaken be shaken. And let the things that cannot be shaken remain and abide. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We glorify you for your goodness, love, and kindness, your mercy. That are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your love. Great is your mercy towards us. We thank you this morning once again. Lord, we appreciate you that as your spirit continue to, yes, bring us to another understanding of what you are emphasizing for this day. We pray, Lord, that we will listen and be guided and be directed, O oh God. Yes, Father, we lay aside every form of religion and traditions of men. We lay aside this morning everything that can shift, that will shift our heart away from the core, from the center, from the place that you've called us, Lord, to remain and to and to function. Father, we pray this morning that we'll continue, oh God, to remain and abide in you. Thank you for your grace and strength once again that is perfect, perfected in our weaknesses. We thank you, Lord, this morning that we know that your word says you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for this promise this eternal promise and we can rest on this promise this morning knowing fully well that what you have begun in us you are able to perfect it oh god so help us lord not be not to be deviated oh god help us to remain help us to abide help us to journey for them help us to continue to seek your heart and seek your face many have come and they've been drifted away many have come and they've drank but somehow they've been called away and they've been carried away by so many things but father we want to abide in the house yes father our desire is to abide in the house lord so that we can continue to behold your face and glory 
when the time comes for us to represent you, we can be out there representing your intention. So we thank you this morning that your name will continue to be hallowed in our lives, in our heart, oh God. We're not just seeking your hand, we are seeking your face. In your face this morning, Lord, we will see. Your face this morning, Lord, we will behold in beauty. And we will be awake, O oh God, in your likeness. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your light. We thank you, O oh God, for Jesus, you being the way that guides us into all ways. Thank you this morning once again. We honor you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, well, this morning, we're going to continue to look into um, the scripture. We're going to be dealing with Acts chapter 8. We have finished Acts chapter 7. Uh, the last time we, 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 we met that I was an heir, well, I was supposed to, you know, uh, um, deal with Acts chapter 8, but somehow the Spirit of the Lord took us to us a different direction, and that was great. That was good, because I believe lives were impacted by that which the spirit of the lord uh, uh did so we are looking at this beautiful uh, um principles that we are tracking in the word of god we see that the, uh, um, the book of Acts is not just a book that you know uh, uh, reveals doctrines to us or, or, or teachings in terms of you know principles of building but we also see in the book of Acts as you know uh, um the framework of what we can define as apostolic concept of engaging prayer that we cannot pray effectively until we understand the heart of God and the mind of God right in regards to how God relate and connect with his people in the book of Acts and we see the the, the, the connection the correlation between prayer uh, and 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 doctrine and fellowship and and interaction we, we will see those four order the bible says they continue in, in, in the apostles doctrine they continue in fellowship they continue in breaking of bread and in prayer and we see this for as a structure of of oneness in fact this is what i believe that makes you know the the, the whole concept of the idea of one body we cannot talk about one body you know, if this four pillars or four you know core structures that defines our spirituality and our walk with god in terms of community is not established so we have to continue to believe the lord to give us more insight understanding and 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 depth into this beautiful structure so that when we when we say we are members of the body or we are you know uh, 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 the church of christ the ecclesia representing the intentions of god then it's from these four streams that we are speaking from that we have amen the power of doctrine in our midst that we have strong foundational teaching in terms of you know biblical you know values that that christ you know is being formed in our heart formed with in the various areas of what we define to be this Christianity, if you will, spirituality, and our philosophy and theology must be built within the framework of what is called apostolic doctrine. Now, once we have that, then 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 we can do that, you know, within the context of fellowship, because you can see that it is it is doctrine and fellowship. All right, we we can we can we can we can separate this two. The, the, the things of God are always expressed in peers. All right, the, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of knowledge, all right, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of God, the spirit of counsel and power. They are always in pairs. The things of God are always in pairs. You send them two by two. So you see this flow, you know, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Sally. So we, we need to understand the concept of, of you know, of, you know, of the flow of the of the speakings of God. 
and those are some of the things I believe that we are trying to highlight as we continue to look into the culture of uh, of you know apostolic you know prayer. It is important that when we pray, we pray with solid spiritual foundation. We pray with solid spiritual framework that our prayer is effective. Those are the things that we are tracking, or how our prayer can be effective, how our prayer can be you know effectual, how our prayer amen can you know can can make impact not just you know in 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 community but within our own lives that we are confident the bible says you know uh, 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 this is the confidence that we have that when we ask anything in accordance to the will of god that our prayer will be answered yes our prayer can be answered if we ask if we follow if we pray if we if we allow the spirit of god to guide us in accordance to that which has been laid down there are principles there are precepts there are structures there are orders all right that have been set in the word of god that we cannot unset we cannot unset them we cannot remove them uh, we, we don't have a choice about about applying these things if we want our prayer to be answered if we want god to respond to us if we want our life to become that you know reflection of the very will of god of the very counsel of god then we have to we, we cannot afford to pray, you know, prayers that are, you know, just, you know, formed or, or, or informed by how we feel, how, you know, we think, our feelings and our thoughts, our desire, every aspect of our life, it must be reformed, transformed, and, and if you will, you know, uh, uh, renewed within the, 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 the principles and the values of, of God's prophetic intentions for our life. God has a plan for us. It says the plans that I have for you, they are plans of good. God has plans for us. God has purposes for us. And those purposes and plans are sought within the framework of his word. All right. When we understand the heart of God, when we have the mind of Christ, then we are able to understand how God will have us pray to him. The Holy Spirit will inform us. The scripture says, for we do not know how to pray. Yes. Romans 8 says, we don't know how to pray, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, you know, John 14, he said, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide us into all truth. All right. The spirit will pray in us and with us and through us. Amen. Even with groanings that cannot be uttered with words. So these are all principles that we are learning. That the more we grow in the spirit, the more we grow in the ways of God, the more we grow in, 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 the, in the counsel of God, the more we understand you know, the, the, the culture and the life of the spirit, the more we yield ourselves to the speakings of God, the more we, you know, I was reading a scripture this morning in, 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 the, in the book of Kings and, and the Lord, you know, the Lord was saying to, uh, uh, I think it's Aija now, the prophet, you know, while the, the, the wife of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jeroboam, the wife of Jeroboam was coming, all right, yeah, because I think she obviously needed uh, uh, um, the prophet leader to pray for 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 the for the sick son, and I mean, yes, a prophet is blind. He's I mean, he's already blind. He's an old man blind. But the Lord spoke to him and said, "Look, the wife of uh, uh, Jeroboam is coming, and this is these are the things you must say to her, and that's it." And and, and it occurred to me that right. Sometimes we don't even need the physical sight to be able to operate in certain things if we if we are advanced and we're too well trained. I mean, if our if our inner inner eyes and inner ears are well trained in regards to 
you know, our communion with God and our relationship with God. And we're trained to know and to hear that once the father speaks, we know that that is the voice of God. I mean, there was no, there was no, you know, second guess. There was no second thought that it was God speaking to me. Or am I, am I actually hearing right? I mean, the prophet heard. And the Bible says, as she approaches, all right, his door, even before she opens the door, she, he said to her, come in, wife of Jeroboam, come in, come in. Why, did you, why are you disguising yourself? Why are you trying to, you know, uh, pretend that you're someone else? I already know that you're here. And, 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 and he, gave, he gave her, you know, the word of the Lord. This is the judgment that is coming. As you get to the threshold of your house in return, the child will die. This is the judgment of God, you know, to, you know, to the house of Ahab. So we, we, we begin to look at this, you know, values and, and, and this spiritual structure that's supposed to be our own inheritance as we walk with God. That our life is not bound by, you know, the things we see, you know, in the natural realm. That we are not carried away, we are not, you know, boggled down, we are not captured, amen, by the 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 the, the, the aggression or whatever it is that may be putting us in a position, you know, of 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 negativity. That those are the things <clears throat> that should not, you know, be informing or directing how our decision. That we should live our life from that spiritual realm, from that connective, you know, order of life. We should be in that perpetual you know ascended order of, of the things of the spirit <clears throat> excuse me we should live our life in that in that position so that when we speak we speak from that reality of what god has said to us what the spirit of the lord has revealed to us and i think that's a good position but all that cannot happen until we develop a strong spiritual life a, a strong spiritual you know, a, a, a presence in the spirit. And for us to do that, we've got to take time to pray and pray the heart of God, pray the mind of God, pray the will of God. So the dynamics of uh, of, 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 of the shifting in, in the seasons that we're living demands that we also upgrade our spiritual life, we upgrade our prayer life, but not just to upgrade in terms of, you know, uh, 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 the time we spend, as much as that is important, but upgrading in terms of the quality <clears throat> the quality of our prophetic sight, the quality of our understanding in terms of the will of God, because that is really what makes prayer effective, because prayer truly is establishing the will of God on earth as it is done in heaven. So prayer is a two-way stream. First of all, that we know what is established in heaven or what is what is the will of God in heaven, amen, and then establishing that on earth. We know the will of God, amen, and then we establish that on earth. That is prayer, all right? Prayer is not, you know, presenting to God our own wish. It's, it's not presenting to God our own idea. It's not presenting to God, you know, our own bias, you know, uh, uh, you know, ideas. It's not. It's not about our own, about our own prejudice. It's not how we feel. No, prayer is about presenting to God His intention. So, if you don't know the intentions of God for your life, so what you need to do is to bind yourself to the will of God. I love this. Is to bind yourself to the counsel of God. All right. Is to is to take that to which God have said in His Word, Amen, and begin to embellish that into your life. That this day you will live in accordance to the heart of God, in accordance to the will of God, that you will walk, amen, in the orders of the Spirit, that you will not run your life 
excuse me, based on how you, you feel. You will not, you know, be desiring things, all right, that are not in alignment with the will of God. You have to bring yourself, you have to daily present yourself. So much, much aspect of our prayer is we bringing our soul to submission. We bringing our life under the authority of the spirit. We bringing ourselves under the leadership of the spirit. We bringing ourselves in agreement with the, with the intentions of God. And that was what we've been seeing, all right, from you know, first, uh, excuse me, from, you know, uh, 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 Act chapter one, we've seen the spirit of unity and community and, 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 and communion and oneness in the, in the body. And that informs how they, they were able to go out and represent, you know, the, 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 the power of God. The presence of God was um, among them. Yes, because they lived in that community, in that position where the oneness of God, the oneness of, 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 of their faith, amen, with that which even desire, amen, became a reality. And, and to me, that is the most important aspect of our prayer, that we come into divine agreement with God. Because the, the place of agreement is the place of power. Once you agree with God, once you come into agreement with God, all right, you're not trying to get God to agree with you. <clears throat> this is important because we need to understand this concept. We're not trying to get God to agree with us. We, we want to agree with him. We want to come into divine agreement with him. Because if you're always seeking... <clears throat> For God to agree, all right, to sanction, all right, to, to, to rubber stamp, you know, your own desire, then it means that you have really not grown. You really do not understand, you know, the ways of God and, 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 and the directions of the Spirit. The, 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 the intentions of God for our life, amen, is greater than anything we can ever desire, amen. The plans of God for us are greater than anything we can ever desire. What God wants to do in us, what God wants to do for us is far far greater it outweighs anything we can ever desire <clears throat> in fact we don't even know what we need how many times we've prayed for certain things that we think wow I, if i could i can get this thing if i can just get this thing my, my, my problem will be solved if i can just have this thing if i can just marry this man if i can just have that woman if i can just have this amount of money if i can just have that job if i can just have that you know house if i can just you know, and, and we, 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 our, our needs most time are based around the influence of people around. Our needs are informed by, you know, the pressures around us. Our needs are, 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 are informed by, all right, how we think, how we feel. So if, if our life are not in, 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 in consonance with the intentions, the redemptive intentions of God for us, how then do we pray effectively? These are things that I have, you know, tried to, you know, to, to, to you know, to, hand, to answer, you know, through the book that I, I, I wrote some times back, Redefining the Ministry of Prayer. And it's important that, you know, we, we look at, you know, materials like that because they, they, they will inform us. All right. And, and the whole, you know, concept is driven from, you know, uh, you know uh, excuse me, uh, you know, Isaiah 55. My ways are not your ways. My, my, my thoughts are not your thoughts, all right? We've got to understand that, that in, in prayer, you're dealing with two dimensions. In prayer, you're dealing with two dimensions. There is your own dimension and there is the dimension of God, 
All right? Your dimension is not going to work. Your dimension is not going to carry the day. Your dimension is not going to be what carries the day. It is the will of God that will stand. The counsel of God will stand. The purposes of God will stand. So you must come to a point where you are in agreement. You want to be in a, in a place of agreement with God because it's in that place of agreement that you have authority, that you have power, that you have, all right, the, you know, the, 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 the grace and the capacity to speak amen, and the, and, and, and all that you, you need and require, all right, to carry out whatever it is that the Lord will have you carry out as much as the agreement or the place of, you know, uh, uh, agreeing with God may not immediately bring you the kind of uh, a response you you want in terms of maybe joy peace and and you know all these things that we we're looking for happiness you may not get that immediately but as time goes on as you develop and you mature in the things of god in the ways of god in the characters of the spirit then you begin to realize wait a minute god's intention in fact for me was a you know there's a better intention god's plan for me it's better than how I many times that you've thought about getting having something you've prayed about it and and somehow the answer was no and after three years down the line maybe three five years sometimes could even be more than that and then suddenly you realize after you've matured you realize oh i was wrong god was right yes because god always answer us based on his you know his his future plan for us when God gives you something in the now, when God answer, you know, you know, a, a request in the now, I can assure you that He is thought of the future. You know, He has He has factored the future into, you know, giving you answering that, you know, a, a request. Or else, whatever you know you ask and you receive them, those things sometimes could even be an hindrance, and you may just find yourself, I mean, at a loggerhead. You may just find yourself in some big trouble for what you prayed for. You your, your, say, for we pray and we do not know how to pray. We we ask and we don't know how to ask. We ask amiss, right? We ask because we ask based on our own selfish desire. You say, you say, we even ask and and you know go out of our way to to kill to get what we want. So God is not always going to answer, you know, our so-called request. He will always answer His best interest for our life. So let's go to Act chapter eight this morning. We're going to be dealing with Act chapter eight, and I believe the Spirit of the Lord will continue to speak to us. All right? Um, <clears throat> we have. We finished Act chapter 7 and we saw what happened in Act chapter 7. We saw the standard of the quality of a man by the name Stephen who reflected, I mean, the height of spirituality that at the point of death, he was still asking for forgiveness. He was still, he was still pleading. He was still interceding in, you know, for his protectors, for those who, who killed him, who murdered him. He was still praying. He says, Father, don't take this thing against them. I mean, what a man, what, what, what a spiritual maturity, what a position that we want to be. Even at the point of being stoned to death, you can still stand to pray for your enemy. I mean, that was something we see, you know, Christ himself reflected. In fact, that was what led Jesus to the cross. And I think that the, 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 the idea of the redemptive, you know, power of God... I so walk in the life of Stephen that, you know, at the point of the call to either stand for God or to denounce God, 
he showed what he was actually made of. He reflected the very nature of God. That is a life we want to emulate. That is a man we want to copy. That is a you know a, you know a, a being that we want to really study and understand what informs this man's fate. What 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 what, what characterized the quality the, the quality value of this of this man that was called to be you know a deacon just to serve tables. Only for him to, you know, to graduate to a point where he began to function even as an apostle. And that tells us something about our work with God that is progressive. We, we can develop. We can develop. When we commit, when we, when, you know, when we are faithful in little, alright, much will be given to us. Not necessarily by men. Not necessarily by men. But much will be given to us by God. When God sees us, amen, faithful and, and committed to his ways, to his purposes, to his counsels, to his plan, and we, and, we, we, and we are there doing what we need to do, he will begin to increase his grace in our life. He will begin to increase his, his wisdom, his, his capacity, whatever it is that we need to become what he wants us to be, amen, for the season that he's brought us into, it will happen. And I, I love that, you know, Stephen began to operate in such a level that I'm sure some of the apostles were wondering, wow, we didn't, we didn't know these guys got it. We didn't know he's got, he's got this kind of capacity. At the point of him standing to defend the cause of the, 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 the gospel and lecturing the Pharisees and the Sandrines and, and, and the Sadducees and all this, God knows what they call them. You know, at, at, at that point where he was lecturing them, you know, about, about the journey from from you know from 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 you know uh, 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 Egypt to the point where God brought His people to the Promised Land to the point where He talked about restoring the Tabernacle of of David. I mean, these people could not just understand that such a man could be so informed, but not just informed, give an accurate interpretation. I think that was the Bible says. I mean, the the the, the and the rest of you know uh, uh, the you know the the the, the 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 high priest and you know the religious leaders that were there. The Bible says they they they, they covered their ears. They they couldn't just take Stephen speaking again. They covered their ears. You know, and the Bible says they they gnashed their teeth. They were so angry. You you could see, you know, the demon of anger, you know, actually manifesting through these people. And the Bible says they drag him out and began to stone him. Ah, what what a what a true system, what a true value system of life, claiming to be representing the same God. Yeah, there's the same people claiming that they were representing God. Because, I mean, the whole system, the whole religious system back then, I mean, they claimed they were representing God. So we can be religiously so blind. We can be religiously blind. We can, we can be so zealous doing the wrong thing. I mean, these are the people who claim that they were standing for God, you know, standing for what God, you know, has said in his word, defending the cause, you know, of, you know, of, 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 of the Torah and, you know, and the law. And these were the I mean, the powers that be. But Stephen knew that they were wrong. I mean, they, 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 they have the law. But they do not have the spirit of the law in them. You do not have, because the spirit of the law, if they have the spirit of the law, amen, and not just the letter, they, they would have known that this thing they're reading was speaking about Christ. I mean, it was so clear. 
But anyhow, the Bible says, you know, they killed Stephen. And this is how, you know, chapter 7 ended. But but the, the point that I'm drawing from that, all right, is that the Bible talk about the man, amen, uh, by the name Saul, whom, you know, they cast their, you know, their, their coat. When they were to kill Stephen, the Bible says they cast their coat at the feet of this young man, this young man by the name Saul. It was there. So the Lord just gave us a picture of that and left it there. But in chapter 8, we're going to begin to see the, the place where this man begin to, you know, function within the structure of what God, amen, he's building as a community, as a nation that will, that will spread, that will spread across the earth as a seed, as a light that will begin to, you know, turn on, you know, uh, 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 the, the, the glory of God across the earth. And, and this is something that is very important that in the wisdom of God, sometimes we will see certain things that, that seem to be negative. Right? I believe that when Stephen was being stoned to death and this young man by the name, you know, uh, uh, Saul was watching. I just quickly want to go to ch uh, um, chapter 7 again. Yeah, I'm going to go back to chapter 7, verse 54. Let's look at this. When the members of the Sandrines heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Spirit, looked up, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man is standing at the right hand of God. At this, the Cover their ears and yelling at the top of their voice. <laughs> I mean, like children. <laughs> they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coat. Now that's a point I want to bring up. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coat at the feet of a young man named Saul. It's amazing how you know the writers. You know of the scripture just put this is a meanwhile so while all this drama was taking place while all this i mean sometimes I, I i imagine you know you put this into a kind of a movie and and you see all that is going to suddenly the camera is is panning you know you know that's how you know we, we see movies sometimes you know here is something happening and everybody is all your underline is just like everything is you know the nerves are on edge and everybody's like oh and the camera and the sound pans and say meanwhile all the witnesses laid their coat at the feet of a young man so it's like okay they, they just show this young man about five seconds, everybody just dropping their coat there, and then the camera pans back to the death of this man by the name Stephen. But that is a point that the Spirit of the Lord is going to come back to because that man is going to play a major role. That young man, all right, that was there watching, is going to play a major role. In the in the restructuring, in the re, in the reordering, in in the development, in the movement of the activities of God in the earth. Wow! Nobody knew this young man back then, but later we understood that he, he, you know he was a well learned person. He had studied under Gamaliel. He, you know he he was a professor as it were. 
He had it read wide. He knew the things of God. I mean, I'm sure this, this young man listened to Stephen because he also was, you know, was an intelligent, you know, uh, uh, you know, lawyer. But beyond that, he, he was also a theolo theologian. He understood the law. He understood Torah. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. So I'm sure he must be interested in the things that Stephen was talking about. So we, we, we're seeing all this drama taking place. But I'm sure something must have captured the attention of this young man that was named Saul. That as they were stoning Stephen, Stephen did not raise his voice. He did not curse. He did not challenge. He did not swear. I mean, he's just there praying for his protector, praying for those who are, you know, killing him. I'm sure somehow the Lord allowed, you know, Saul to see, amen, the action of Stephen. I mean, I, I've been thinking about this and, and, and it, it comes back to me that thou was a witness to Paul, even though it's going to take a while for that truth that, I, that you know, that has sunk in, for that truth that I've been impressed, that a man, a young man can so make an impression in the life of another person to the point that that led to his conversion. I do not believe that the death of Stephen was in vain. No. The death of Stephen was a blood, amen, a seed of the blood that awakened the light of God in the heart of Saul. Saul of Tarsus. So the scripture says, meanwhile, meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coat at the feet of a young man by the name Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, Stephen prayed, Lord, look, look, look at this. While they were stoning Stephen, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. What a way to end a film. What a way to end the scripture. What a way to end the life. What a way to, you know, to bring your work to a finish. The Bible says, after this, he fell on his knees and he fell asleep. He never died. He slept. And he woke up on the other side. If you read that scripture, the Bible says Saul approved of their killing of, of, of the killing of, of, of you know of Stephen. Saul approved of the killing of Stephen. Then the Bible says, uh, uh, in, I'm reading chapter 8 now, verse, uh, verse 1. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. As I was reading this, something, you know, just occurred to me now that, I mean, we're going to start getting to this point where, you know, our protractors, those who want to see the light of the gospel, the light of truth, you know, put off in our day, in our generation, and we're beginning to see this in some parts of the world. That they will begin to give us certain laws. They'll begin to pass certain laws. 
that no, you are not allowed to say this. And if you go against what they say, they will go from house to house. And that doesn't mean that they might just come and start knocking at your door. I mean, there are ways today that they can access your house. I mean, we live in a world of technology. There are ways that they can shut you down. I mean, that just occurred to me now that they will try to do everything within their authority and power. All right. Just to promote their own agenda. All right. To start shutting us down. But that just occurred to me now. But at that time, the Bible says Saul was going from house to house, arresting people and putting them in jail. The Bible says in verse four, those who had been scattered, preached the word of God. Now, listen to this. Those who had been scattered. So even the persecution. All right. The fact that people were fleeing from, from their life, for, excuse me, for their life, going from place to place, doesn't mean that they stopped preaching the, 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 you know, the gospel. The Bible says they were preaching the word of God wherever they went. Those who were being scattered preached the word of God wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria. Philip, now we're seeing another character amen, being brought into the scene. Philip went down to Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. He proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowd heard Philip and saw the sign he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For for with for with uh, uh, shrinks, for with shrinks, impure spirit came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. So we're beginning to see now that. Even the persecution, all right, opened the door for the advancement, for, you know, the, you know, the promotion, the propagation of the gospel. The Bible says Philip went to Samaria while people went to other places. But Philip went to Samaria and then he began to, you know, proclaim the Messiah. And as he proclaimed the, the Messiah, the Bible says he also performed great miracle, all right, to the point that the people now began to give attention. And I think that is something we need to look into, you know, carefully. All right. That first of all, you know what we are going through, and and these are all part of what informs, amen, a solid spiritual culture of the apostolic. That when we become people that are truly embedded within the life, we are built within the structure, amen, of strong spiritual uh, 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 connectivity with God. That the persecution, that the trial, that they need, that whatever we may be facing in the natural does not stop us from carrying out, amen, carrying out our objective, our assignment. The Bible says even in that persecution, as they were scattered, amen, across the board, Philip went to Samaria from there. He preached them. He preached the Messiah. He proclaimed the Messiah. He proclaimed that Jesus Christ is Lord. He made it known. He made it clear to the people. As he was doing that, there was power to heal. There was power to heal the people. As, you know, the healing was going, going on, the Bible says the people pay attention, all right? All kinds of impure spirit came out of people. People that were paralyzed were healed. And I believe that we're going to begin to see that, all right? That as we continue to proclaim, because one of the arguments has been that, all right, this present apostolic uh, uh, um, emphasis, all right, de-emphasizes healing and miracles. And I, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Listen to this, friends. If we continue to preach and declare that which heaven, amen, will have us declare in proclamation, amen, of, of the name of the Messiah, of his position, of his authority in our life, of his grace, amen, of his wisdom, of his kingdom. And the more we proclaim the kingdom of God, the more we declare with the purity of heart, not with, you know, uh, 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 
some prejudicial mindset and and and, and preaching one aspect because in fact that's the reason why we're not seeing you know you know signs and wonder following or backing what we're pro- proclaiming that there, 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 there are too many rhetorics all right we, we we've preached doctrines and we say things that sound good and sound eloquent and sound right and in fact most 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 of the things we say they are right the, the only problem is that there are no balance to what we say all right so we're talking about people talking about the apostolic there's a thank you my brother for joining there's a there's a you know there's a proclamation of what we term as the apostolic but even if we begin to you know scrutinize and examine what we claim to be apostolic then you're gonna be realizing that wait a minute this thing is not this god this apostolic gospel we're preaching today is not complete yes it's not complete why? Because those four orders that we have talked about, all right, they, 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 they continue in the apostolic doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayer. You will see that, all right, there's a mismatch. Those things are not complete in our present understanding of the apostolic. And that's why there is no unity in our midst. And that's why, the, the, you know, there is no uh, 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 continuity. There's no agreement, all right, in what we define to be an apostolic community. And that immediately speaks into the reason why there's no power. The presence of God is not there. Because when you talk about the presence, the power of God, I mean, the power of God was there. The power of God is an extension of the presence of God. If the presence of God is not in what we're doing, and remember, God will not come and, and agree with something that he did not call for. God will not come into an agreement with something that he did not accept, that he did not approve. We can call it the prophetic. We can call it the apostolic. Whatever we want to call it, we can. anybody can call whatever they want to do. Call it a name. Amen. Like like I see today, many people will give themselves titles. All right, there's there are more titles today than preachers. There are more titles today than you know, true leaders. Okay, so so that's that that's that doesn't move God. What moves God and what you know draws the attention of the people, like we're looking at in Acts chapter eight. What draws the attention of the people, amen, is that what Stephen, amen, was proclaiming and declaring, excuse me, what Philip was proclaiming and declaring, amen, reveal a corresponding power of God. The Bible says those who were being scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah. He proclaimed the Messiah. He proclaimed the lordship of Jesus. That is what it means to be a Messiah. He proclaimed the he proclaimed the lordship of Jesus. He proclaimed Jesus as the redeemer. He proclaimed Jesus as the savior. He proclaimed Jesus as the way, as the truth and the life. And as he proclaimed that, the Bible says, when the crowd heard Philip and saw the signs he was performing, so as Philip was proclaiming and declaring, the Bible says the signs were following him. Then the Bible says this sign shall follow them that believe. This sign shall follow. All right. So, so if we proclaim the truth, if we proclaim the truth, the signs will follow. Ah, that's half a truth. That's not the full truth. If we proclaim the truth with the right heart, with the right agenda, with the right, you know, mindset, with the right spirit, all right, with the right belief system, without any form of uh, uh, um, our own agenda, without, you know, uh, any form of, you know, using, just basically using the name of God to to proclaim something, to do something. Why we've got a different agenda. If, if we're doing things in the name of God, 
that does not carry the values of God, the intentions of God, God is not going to manifest his presence there. If there's anything manifesting in, you know, in, in, in such arena, it's not God. Because God will not violate his word. God will not violate his values. God will not, God will not step out of his values just to just to approve what we are proclaiming no it is not the proclamation that matters it is the proclamation in alignment with the right value system in alignment with the right spiritual understanding with the right spiritual you know framework and that will be speaking into you know humility submission mutual understanding agreement respect uh, amen all this character that defines what makes you know for god to you know to come the Bible says when Solomon built the house, the presence of God came down to the point that the priest could not minister. That, that speaks to us, you know, that if we build this house, this temple that we represent, today our body is the temple. It's not some physical temple that we are building. If we build a temple in accordance to the values, in accordance to the principle, in accordance to the standard, in accordance to, you know, the, 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 the protocols of God, if we live our life based on the principles of the scripture we don't need to perform some you know a, a gymnastic before the presence of god came i always you know give us this principle the bible says on mount carmel while elijah was there amen with these false prophets all right with uh, 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 with jezebel and and air the bible says while he was praying heaven heaven opened up the fire of god came down but while, you know, the, the prophets of Baal were praying and doing their thing, fire never came down. And that was a sign that God did not, because the, the, the word is, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. The God that answers by fire. So God made sure that all the powers <laughs> that, you know, that, that, that they can release strange fire were shut. God shut down every power, every, every demonic activity that can conjure, that can, you know, re re replicate fire. Remember the Bible talk about, you know, in, in the book of Revelation, the Bible talk about the false prophet. He has the power to call down fire. Now that's one of the powers of Baal. Baal has the power. He has, he has what it takes to call down fire. And that's why, you know, you will see, if you study scripture carefully, you will see that in most cases, when God, when God moves in the land, when there's a movement of God, when there's a power, when there's, there's, a, there's a miracle, amen, in, in, in operation manifestation, people that are blind or Baal worship, they always, you know, accord that power to Baal. That's why when Jesus was performing miracle, they said, no, he's using the power of Baal. He's using the power of Beelzebub. That's another word for Baal. He's using the power of Beelzebub because Beelzebub has the power, all right, to mimic the things of God, to mimic the things of God. Beelzebub has the power to mimic the things of God. And so what God did was on Mount Carmel, the, the spirit and the demonic operation, all right, that can also mimic, all right, the calling down of fire, where she, <laughs> they put them to sleep. God shut, God shut their authority. Because the, the order is, this is the order that Elijah gave. It is the God that answers by fire that will be God. In other words, if Baal, if Baal, amen, succeeded, excuse me, if the prophets of Baal succeeded to also bring down fire, guess what? The entire nation will be serving what? They'll be serving Baal. 
the entire nation will be serving Baal. They will be going after Beelzebub. Because they already, I mean, they already captured by Beelzebub. Only for them now on Mount Carmel to see, you know, the prophets of Baal actually pray and the fire came. My God, the entire nation becomes captured. So God makes sure that they are right. Guys, today, you're not going to bring down fire. So, so Elijah, amen, standing on a position of, 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 of his apostolic authority. Bible says, while he was praying, the fire came. And I'm saying to us that, all right, why that fire came was a sign of approval of his apostolic voice, of, of his, of his, of his engagement, of his representation. So let's, let's not make the mistake of saying, well, uh, because we are in a day where all that God is doing, amen, is about doctrine. Therefore, uh, uh, we will see less of power. Now, that, that is, that is completely outside the principle of God's word. The Bible says, amen, that, you know, uh, 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 why, you know, Philip went down to Samaria, he proclaimed, the name of Jesus Christ. And as, he, and as he does that, the Bible says the crowd heard Philip. They heard Philip and saw. So they did not just hear the doctrine. They also saw the power of God in operation. Listen to this. This is very important. The Bible says, while the crowd heard Philip, many people have been hearing us, but they are not singing. And that's why, amen, today we cannot really bring change all right, to society. Listen to this. People will hear us sometimes. The hearing deals with the church, but the seeing deals with society. That is a that's a good one. The hearing might have to, you know, do with the structure of the church because it is us that needs to hear. The world wants to see. Alright? So we've got to balance, we've got to, we've got to balance our apostolic in you know, a posture. We've got to balance our apostolic representation. We're dealing with amen, the culture of prayer. Amen. According to the book of Acts. And today we're looking at Acts chapter 8. And this is very important because if we don't understand that in the apostolic, there is a power, there is a governmental power, amen, that is sanctioned by the presence of God. What defines our governmental posture and authority on earth, amen, it is not the title, it is not how we scream, it is not, you know, how we dress, it is not how we look, amen, it is not the chain on our neck, it is not the blue robe or the purple robe we wear, it is not all these things that people today accrue to the apostolic, no! What defines our apostolic position and representation on earth is that we are carriers of the presence of God. Just want to quickly appreciate everyone that is joining this morning. Thank you, Bishop uh, Abraham, for joining and a few others. Thank you, my brother, Ricardo. Thank you, Sister Tina. Amen, my brother. Pastor Dewale, thank you for joining. Also, appreciate, appreciate it. Amen. So, so we, we're dealing with this concept and it's important, all right, that we do not present an apostolic, you know, culture that, that has teeth but that cannot bite. It's important that we do not, we do not succumb to an apostolic, all right, that is basically doctrinal but has no power to transform, to change, and to compare people to bow the knees before Christ. The Bible says, and Philip went down to Samaria. 
in the midst of this persecution, he went down to Samaria and there he preached the Messiah. That's what the scripture said. That's Acts chapter 8 verse 4. He preached the Messiah. He preached. When you preach the Messiah, there is a power that ought to back that. When we preach the Messiah, there, there is an authority. Remember, the Bible says all we've been given what is what? The name of Jesus. <laughs> Why is it that we call the name of Jesus? It's like we are, we are Baal, you know, prophets today. We call, oh Jesus, self, oh Jesus. We, we call Jesus, Jesus, but Jesus is not showing up. <laughs> Maybe we're calling a different Jesus. Come on. <laughs> I love this. I love this. We must be calling a different Jesus. Because when Elijah on Mount Carmel called upon the name of the Lord, there was fire. God showed up. When 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 Philip all right, went to Samaria and proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Heaven turned up, heaven, heaven showed up, heaven turned up the light, hallelujah. Heaven turned up, the fire fell. Why is it that we're calling Jesus today? And then this is the reason why a lot of people today, before they call Jesus, they've got to go to some Baba, they've got to go to some Abelis, they've got to go to some Sangoma somewhere. They've got all kinds of rings they've got in their hand. You think that ring they're putting is their wedding ring? No, it's not their wedding ring. And you think that ring is just some fashion ring? No, no. That is the ring of power. That ring has been soaked with all kinds of power. That ring, amen, has been gotten from the covens of darkness. So when they put that ring in your in their hand, all right, and they say they're praying for you, no, they are, they are actually releasing a spell. They, they, they are releasing demonic power. On, I'm talking about men of God today. So they say, Jesus, didn't the, didn't, didn't the Bible says many on that day will say, didn't we not, did we not heal in your name? Listen to this. I said it before. God does not violate his name. God will not allow us to use his name in vain. And so, for some, they realize, okay, what I'm doing is not in alignment with the values of God, but I need to use the name of Jesus. So they go somewhere and they get all kinds of power, all right? And they use that power in the name of Jesus. And guess what? Things happen. And people are like, wow, that prophet has got power. That man of God. It's, if you allow the spirit of God to only open your eyes to see where you got that power from, you'll be shocked. So let's not kid ourselves. But what I'm saying is, if we are true representative of the things of God, the, 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 the realities of God and the and the grace of God is found within the structure of our life that our values amen are in are in line in in line with the principles of God that we are not just seeking some head knowledge Paul said when I came to you when I came to you I did not come in the eloquency of man's wisdom I don't want your faith to rest in the wisdom of men. Paul, he said, when I come to you, this is the same Paul, all right? Before he turned to Paul, he was Saul. The Bible says every, all the witnesses cast their coats at the feet of this young guy. And I'm, and I'm tracking how, how, you know, how, you know, Paul, excuse me, how Saul became someone that, you know, uh, uh, became a vessel, became a, you know a true icon in 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 the con in the in the constitution 
in the activity in the representations of the things of God on earth I mean this was this was a guy that was persecuting the church in fact Bible says he was going from house to house dragging people men and women and putting them in jail but I said earlier on before many of you turned you know connected I was saying earlier that while Paul excuse me I mean before he turned to Paul while he was still saw he I mean he was there watching Stephen being stoned to death he was there he saw everything about Stephen's persecution but beyond that he saw amen the lecture he heard the lecture of Stephen to the cyan dreams and the remember that Paul himself amen is a master of the law Paul himself was a master of theology he knew he knew the law Bible said he studied under Gamaliel. It was not some dance. He, he, he had deep insight into, into the word of God, into the things of God, into the law and the Torah. And so he must have been captivated listening to Stephen and say, how can a young man be so intelligent? And this guy was not in our university. <laughs> this guy was not, he was not part of our school. Where did they get such knowledge? I'm sure that must have that must have drawn the attention of you know Saul looking at Stephen. This guy that is so full of doctrine, that is so full of doctrine. I mean, just read Acts chapter 7. See the lecture that Stephen gave to the entire law system, to the entire you know uh, uh, faculty of law, <laughs> to the entire faculty of the Torah. You know, to the professors, he gave them. I mean, this man never went to their law school, but Stephen gave them. The Bible says, at a point, they could not, they could not, you know, handle listening. They, they, Stephen, they closed their ears. They don't want to hear. They closed their ears. They gnashed their teeth. They dragged him out, and they began to stone him. Saul was watching all this thing. I want you to track with God. This is how God, amen, take his own. This young man by the name, the Bible called him a young man by the name Saul. He was there. He approved the death. Why did he approve? Because he was he was a lawyer. I mean, he was he was he was it was an authority. This is a guy who has gone so high in his career, in his religious, you know, uh, uh, career in his in his you know profession he he's gone so high he was highly respected when you go to you know when you study under Gamalia you you are highly respected so he was there giving approval of the death of Stephen but something struck the heart of this guy called Saul while Stephen was being persecuted and being stoned, he never raised his voice he never challenged he never said anything that will that will destroy that will frustrate the redemptive counsel of God. Listen to this. God allows Stephen to be stoned because I mean there's nothing that happens to us without his approval. God allows Stephen to be stoned at the watch of a young man that God was going to use to change the world. The wisdom of God the wisdom of God. So here was Saul watching and listening. I'm going to go back to that scripture again. Act chapter 7. I'm 
I'm going to read verse 34 again. When the members of the Sanhedrin, I'm going to come back to my thought. I've not forgotten my thought on where we are before I'm come to before you know I I, I I came to this point. When the members of the Sanhedrin had this, they were furious, furious. You know when you are furious, yeah. This is this is beyond anger now. You know when you're furious, you start shaking. You know, you start stammering. You know, when you get so angry, you start shaking, you start... <laughs> they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Spirit, but Stephen, full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. I'm talking about the key of a through apostolic culture. So that when you call yourself an apostle or you claim that you're past, part of the apostolic move of God or you're part of an apostolic company, the question you've got to ask yourself is have you, have, have you, have you tapped into what Stephen tapped into? Stephen was just a deacon. He was a deacon. <laughs> this guy was a deacon. <laughs> oh Lord help me. This guy was, was appointed to serve table. It was not even part of the 12th. But the quality of his life is unquestionable. The quality, the character, the excellency of the spirit of Stephen. Unquestionable. In the midst of all this persecution, the Bible says, But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing. At the right hand of God. One of the few places you will hear that Jesus stood up. Looked, he said. He said to the people while they were gnashing their teeth. He said, hey, guys, guys, hey, wait, wait. You're getting angry. You can't see. I'm seeing something. Look. <laughs> Look, he said. I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears. Before... Before they cover their ears, before they cover their ears, at this time the Bible says, at this, at the, the Bible says in verse 50, you know, 50, you know, 57, at this they cover their ears and yelled. <laughs> they yelled at the top of their voice. In fact, let me demonstrate it. <laughs> they yelled at the top of their voice. They all rushed at him. What a demon manifesting. They all rushed at him. Dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the, witness, the witnesses laid their coat at the feet of a young man by the name Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus. This was, this was the last prayer of Stephen. We're touching something about prayer. You see, have you heard the concept of, I'm sure a lot of you must have heard the concept of the foam, a foam. You know the foam we use in, in bathing? You know that foam? When you, when you throw a foam in the water, it sucks the water, isn't it? it just sucks, it just, the foam just, so, you know, uh, um, suck, in fact, suck the water. That's the right word. It's, it's, the foam sucks the water. 
the what the, the foam takes everything all the liquid it takes it now when you squeeze that foam what comes out what water if you throw the foam in the colored water if you if you squeeze the foam you get the same color if you if you throw the foam in a pure clean water when you squeeze the foam what do you get clean pure water i hope you're getting the concept here whatever is thrown at you whatever is thrown at you regardless of what is thrown at you when the excuse when the when the squeeze you when you are squeezed under persecution that's the sentence you're going to release that's the same thing you're going to release so this is this is this is a beautiful concept here all that Stephen had in him that was of God is what he released He had, he had, he had taken so much of God in his life that when you squeeze Stephen, bitterness did not flow out. Anger, hatred, division, backbiting did not flow. He prayed. That's a standard for every one of us, including me. The Bible says, while they were stoning Stephen, he, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell at he fell on his knees and cried out Lord do not hold this against them why he said this he fell asleep so the point that I'm making he, here is even in the midst of this persecution we still see the increase of the governmental authority of God listen to this persecution does not reduce the authority the power of God from the people of God. In fact, it increases it, if you will. And at this point, when Philip went to Samaria through the persecution, he preached. As he preached, they heard, but they saw. And my argument this morning is, we've seen a lot of preaching in terms of doctrine, teachings and I'm saying the reason why many of our doctrines and teachings are not translated into the manifestation of the power of God to heal, to restore the people is because there are all kinds of agendas that have been mixed that have been you know, conjured we one way proclaiming. So somebody is proclaiming apostolic, is teaching certain things. But if you if you remove the veil, if you remove, if you go behind the scene and try to locate the agenda of that message, you will see that it's not Christ. It was Paul that said, Some preach Christ out of envy. <laughs> can you believe that? That people can preach Christ out of envy. They preach Christ, amen, from their own agenda. They've got a different agenda. So you are hearing powerful message, but the agenda behind it, I mean, 
I don't want to offend anybody, but the truth is, some people even come to you know to watch me online. You know, some people, some apostles, some prophet, the you know men of God, but they're not coming to hear me because oh, yeah, this guy is saying something that is in fact aligning with the will of God. No, they're coming with an agenda of so let's li let's listen to what this you know this noisemaker is making. What, what does he know? What what does he think he's saying that we don't know better? Some are coming to take and going to use what I'm preaching, all right, without actually, you know, in, in, in agreement with me. You know, there's a prophetic, you know, the prophetic will always expose the agenda of people to you. That's why people don't like you, because you will expose the agenda. So they're not coming because truly this guy is saying the truth and we, we, we appreciate, we love what this guy is saying. No, they, 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 they're just looking for something to validate, you know, their half-truth. You know, some will say even Isaiah said this thing, but, but they won't give the people the entire, the entire narrative. No, 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 they just, it's cut and paste, cut and paste, cut and paste. Because, because, you know, God is shaking their house. God is shaking their house. And God is using Isaiah to shake their house. So, okay, let's listen to what this guy is talking about. You know, like the Bible says, they came to, they came to Ezekiel. And God said, these people are sitting before you. But guess what, Ezekiel? They are not actually here to listen. They just want something to validate their own iniquity. They said, after all, Ezekiel said this thing. He said, don't listen to them. So, we, we know these things. I mean, with all due respect, and, no, and I do not mean any offense, but I'm just saying, because this is the same thing that we're seeing, that if we do anything without the right heart, without the right commitment, without the right connection, without the right attitude, without the right, you know, uh, 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 belief system, without love and, and unity, listen to this, the power of God is not going to flow. The power of God flows, yes, in doctrine, but a doctrine that is designed to reflect Christ. Because listen to this. I've shared this before. I'm going to say it again. The definition of true, true doctrine, all right, is not more of giving people more knowledge, but giving people tools for them to be transformed, to become more like Christ. Doctrine must translate into lifestyle. Doctrine must translate into lifestyle. So if, if, if it's about doctrine and we're teaching things, all right, that are so eloquent and are full of knowledge, but and but are not being translated and being transmitted to the point that is changing the people, then it's human knowledge. Then there's a knowledge from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Excuse me, from the fruit of the of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Our doctrine must be coming from the tree of life because that is what gives life. A true doctrine is four-dimensional. A true doctrine is four-dimensional. It is Jesus, the way. The way is a doctrine. The truth is a doctrine. The life is a doctrine. That is the third dimension. But the fourth dimension that completes a perfected doctrine is that the life must be translated to light. And it is in light that people get transformed. So if you're preaching the way, you're preaching the truth, all right, that we see, you know, certain, you know, uh, people, all right, they, they, they just talk about Jesus the way, the way, there is the way, is the way. Ah, you've got to take that way, amen, to the next level. It's the truth also, amen. And he's the life. 
but yes, he is the life. And we talk about the life, the life, the Jesus life, Jesus life. That is a doctrine that people have established, amen, down the decades, even centuries. We talk about this, but guess what? These are still knowledge. It must be translated to something, amen, light, karabashenda. And even in that light, even in the dimension of light, you can still take that light through a prism. That you, you begin to see the different colors, the seven colors of God. Oh, come on. Don't, don't, let, let's not start with this. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> then we, we begin to talk about the different dimensions, amen, that, 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 that begins to flow through that light. That light, amen, are dimensions of color. That when pure light goes through a prison, amen, seven colors comes out. That speaks of the seven natures of God. The seven characters of God, the seven dimensions of God that speaks as church as one of the dimensions. But the point that I'm making is let's not go deep into this. The point that I'm making is if we're preaching doctrine that is not embedded within the life of God, because what what informs Stephen, uh, uh, Philip, excuse me, what informed Stephen to walk in this dimension? It was that he's a carrier of the presence of God. Philip went to Samaria. He preached Jesus. He preached the Messiah. The Bible says, the people saw. They heard and they saw. They heard, but they saw the miracles. Why is our apostolic community today not exercising miracle? They can give, people can give all kinds of excuses. I will tell you the reason. Just one reason. Because we have a different agenda. And therefore, the presence of God is not in what we are doing. Oh, we can argue that. We can argue that. But guess what? You cannot argue the presence of God when the presence of God actually hit a place. <laughs> have you been a place the presence of God comes down? Even if you are the best teacher, when the presence of God comes, you can't teach again. The Bible says when the glory of God, amen, came down after the building of the, of the temple and they were dedicating as Solomon, amen, man the podium, honoring God and praying and glorifying God and, you know, declaring all this. The Bible said the glory of God came down to the point that everybody went down on their face, including the priests. They could not do anything again. That's what happened. When God takes over our church, that's when the glory of God comes. When God interrupts, I told us four things are going to be happening in this season of shaking. The first thing is going to be divine interruption. God will interrupt. Many people are going to be going to service this morning. God will interrupt their service. Men of God, God will interrupt this. God, God will say, go sit down there. <laughs> Today, you're not going to say nothing. I'm taking over this house because I've got me some soul that I want to transform into Paul because I want to use them. Yes! God will interrupt. He's interrupting our agenda. The things we have built, the things that we have we've conjured, the things we have our program, God will interrupt our program. That is no respecter of man. And that's that with his men. Because sometimes when we say God is no respecter of man, we, we always refer that to unbelievers. No, it's that with his own people. God only respects his agenda 
his plan and his purpose. And the men that follow his agenda and plans and purpose, amen, he will honor them because they honor him. So the Bible says, Yeah, I think I stopped in verse. Yes, verse 10. I'm reading Acts chapter 8, verse 10. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention. Yes. I'm actually reading. Did I finish? Yeah. Okay, let, let me just go to uh, verse 4 just to have you know a flow of what we, we're dealing with. Those who had those who had been scattered preached the word of uh, preached the word of the Lord when wherever they went. Philip went down to uh, the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Alright, we've explained that when the crowd heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, when they heard and saw that, I think that that's I've been able to ex, ex, expatiate on that. When they heard and they saw the signs, the signs he performed, they all paid attention. That's the key. They paid attention. They paid attention to what he said. For with strings and impure spirits, for with strings and impure spirit came out of many. In other words, screaming. An impure spirit came out of many who were paralyzed or who were lamed. He healed them. So there, were, so there was great joy in Samaria, in the city. Is that not what we want to do? We want to bring great joy to our city. Amen? That happens when we begin to follow apostolic order, apostolic structure, apostolic doctrine, apostolic pattern. Hallelujah. Apostolic alignment. Let's look at verse uh, 9. Now, for some time, listen to this. Now for some time, a man named Simeon had practiced sorcery in the city and had amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. <laughs> and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is called the great power of God, this liar. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with sorcery. He had amazed them for a long time with sorcery. He could do that because, because the authentic is not there. The reason why, amen, we're having all this mushroom, you know, fly by night, you know, apostles and prophets claiming they can do X, Y, Z and giving all false testimony and they, they've littered our, you know, TV channels, internet, everywhere you find them. And people are trooping there. And people are asking, why are people still going there? Because the true apostles are not coming out. The answer for the malady we see today in our city, amen, is the awakening of true authentic voice. You know how many times they try to shut me down? Try to shut my voice? I'm still here. I'm, tomorrow I'm still going to be here. <laughs> I'm still going to be here. Choose to be part of an authentic voice. Because if you stand to be an authentic voice, guess what? God will use you to challenge the simians. The simians that are amazing the people with falsehood in the land. 
But all that will happen if you're developing, if you have come to that understanding of what is called apostolic culture in terms of you know prayer. Because we I'm looking at the book of Acts beyond just a concept of doctrine to amen a culture amen of kingdom prayer. The church of Acts was born amen in kingdom in kingdom culture. Yes, Jesus said tarry in, Je in Jerusalem before he told them to tarry. Bible says when he resurrected, he taught them about the things of the kingdom for 40 days. Before he resurrected, he, everything Jesus taught at his resurrection, he, when he ascended, he came back. The Bible says he taught the people for 40 days about the kingdom. So everything Jesus was doing amen, at that point was laying a foundation. He was laying a foundation for this church. No wonder, no wonder. Somebody said, how did the church begin to talk about the apostolic? No, 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 no. You don't read the scripture. Go back. Jesus already taught them what the apostolic meant, what the ministry of the apostolic, amen, ought to bring and produce, amen, in their lives and in the community and in the society. He already established that. So all they needed was to wait for the power of the apostolic that will release them into the function of an apostolic community. Hallelujah. Beyond the things that Jesus had been doing, amen, in, 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 the, in the gospel, after his resurrection, he devoted those 40 days. When he finished the teaching, you, you will notice that after Jesus resurrected, there was no one miracle he performed. He didn't perform any miracle. He didn't, he didn't lay hands on anybody. He was teaching. He was teaching for 40 days. The Bible says he was teaching them about the kingdom of God. If there's anything we need to teach right now, and that's what I'm doing, is to teach, is to impart, lead us with the concept of the apostolic because that is the position where we will begin to engage in what is called the kingdom of God. The apostolic, amen, is the, is, is the instrument, amen, of injecting, of imparting, of embellishing, of building, of establishing the framework of what is called the kingdom of God. You will never understand the kingdom of God by doing church. The kingdom of God is bigger than your church. The kingdom of God is bigger than our little church. No matter how big your church is, you can have the, the biggest church in town. You're still like a speck of dust when it comes to the things of the kingdom. In fact, you can be so blind. The Bible says Simeon, he was a man eloquent. He was, I mean, this guy was eloquent. He understood the concept of John but he's not been taught about the things of the kingdom such that they ask him about the principles of the Holy Spirit they ask his, his disciples they said no we've not we've not had anything about the Holy Spirit <laughs> so Paul said so unto whom then are you guys baptized if you have not heard of the Holy Spirit the power of the Lord they said unto John unto John you can remain in a particular spot and not migrate in the revelation of God's intention for, for his church. 
So you're limited in power and wisdom in understanding. You're not coming into the full reality of the sevenfold nature of God. Hallelujah. So here's this guy, Simeon. He's been practicing sorcery. And he's been using sorcery. Amen. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> he's been using sorcery. In the name of Jesus. He's been, he's been amazing the people. And people have been following him. You see the church is full. You say, wow, God is there. Not the guys using sorcery. I told you about those who are using big rings. Some of them today, they even want you to kiss their ring. All kinds of crazy things happening in the church. I don't know where a ring came in connection with the things of God. Where in the scripture? Where do we get all this funny tradition from? These are the things killing the power of God. If you want to know why you cannot, you are not walking in the power of God, strip yourself from those regalia, all those things. Strip yourself from them and let the power of God rest on you. The power of God is not going to rest on your tradition, on your idea, on your so-called connection, you know, whatever it is that is not biblically aligned. Listen to this. My principle is if I cannot see it in the word of God, I don't accept it. I don't care where it's coming from. It can be coming from some, you know, a uh, 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 bishop or bishop from God knows where. It can be coming from some apostle in America. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> my, 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 my avatar is the word of God. My reference is the word of God. If it's not in the word of God, I don't do traditions of men. I don't do that. Ah, I don't do traditions of men. Traditions of men, the Bible says, they make the word of God non-effect. Yes, when the word of God is non-effect, how do you think you're going to carry the power of God? <laughs> it's not, I mean, it's not possible. You see, you see, you see the kind of dressings our men of God are doing today. Some, some of them, they want to look like the Pope. They want to look like the Pope. They've even gone beyond looking like a bishop. Now they want to look like, I mean, with all due, due respect, uh, Bishop Emmanuel. Manuel, please, this is not directed to you. I'm just speaking generally. I mean, we, we, we wear all this regalia. We, we, don't we understand that we are painting a picture to those that are following us, that are coming behind us, that this is what Christianity is, that this is what they must do? That's it. A father does not need to tell his child how to dress. The child watches the father. And duplicates that. My, ch my child wants to be like me. And so I've got to be careful. You must see my child trying to mimic me preaching. I mean, you've got to see my child. He takes my eyeglasses and he takes a microphone. And he's mimicking me preaching now. Especially my daughter. They, they try to mimic me. And I just sit there and I laugh and I laugh and like, oh, and the, and the Lord said, you better watch. I told you yesterday, Eli was a bad influence to his children. Even when God corrected him and said, hey, see what you... No, no, no. He was quiet. He just gave them a spank on the hand. I told you, a man who, 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 had, the, who had the audacity to call other people demons because he is, he is such an influential you know, person in the body of Christ. 
because he, he rides a jet and then everybody must must bow and worship him it must be called to order except we do not have apostolic authority my apostolic matron reaches beyond the city reaches into the looks and crannies we govern the we govern the air we govern the atmosphere we we define the spirit of the air we defines the authority and the influence that speaks into people's life as a prophet god said this day i've anointed your prophet to the nations i know my position if you don't have that such authority you dare not you dare not say it because the Atalias and the Jezebel will come for you. But if you if you if you're being empowered and being given such position, you will you will speak and we speak. And I and I declare and I proclaim and say, hey, Copeland, you've missed it. You do not have the right to call people that Jesus died for demons just because you cannot you know fly in in, a, in an economic class, not even economic or what they call it, business class. You give flimsy excuse of having a jet. Let me say this, friends. You're watching me. If you're, if you're, if there's ever a desire in your heart to want to own a jet, to even want to own a limousine, you've missed, you've missed the ways of Jesus Christ. It's not Christ. That's an antichrist spirit lying to you. You can live a nice life without living flashy. There's nothing flashy about the kingdom of God. That is, read the scripture. I posted, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, and you know, this this article that you know I, I got from somebody's timeline. How the apostles died is on my timeline. Read it. Read it. So that next time when we say we're in the apostolic, we we should think twice. All of them died a death of sacrifice. They all sacrificed their life. It was yesterday I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. And I was saying to myself, it's amazing. That if you read the epistles, if you read the epistles, there is no one place that the epistle highlights the concept of the wealth of the church or the apostles. Not even Paul. Not one place. Read, read the entire episode. There is no one place that the Bible talk about how wealthy Paul was. Yet this is a man that wrote one third of the scripture. There is no one place the Bible talked about Paul, you know, building mansions. Because he needs to prove that he's the apostle. Come on, what's wrong with us? What is wrong with us? Are we, are we blind? Can we see what is going on? It's so sad with the condition of the church. And when you start preaching the truth, some people still have the audacity to come tell you, no, don't do that. And you know the reason why we would try to defend a man that we know is doing wrong? Because we are afraid that we also might fall into the same sin. So, I better defend that man. Listen, I have nothing to be afraid of. He who has fallen has no need to be afraid of all. I've fallen several times and God took me up again. I have nothing to hide. Christ.
Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ beside me, Christ all over me. If you're not dead to the things of this world, you cannot touch what is called true inheritance. Many of us are given material things. We see how we squander it as prodigal sons. No wonder they cannot give us true inheritance. Because we'll, we'll make a mess of it. People control, you know, few, few, few millions. And they've got a few thousands of people in their church. They become demigods. And when they enter the church, everything must stand still. They must be worshipped. May God judge them. Because they have built another God in the mind of the people. They have erected another God in the mind of the people. Don't you know that every time people see you, you become an inspiration to them. People want to be what they see. If, they, if, 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 if what they are seeing every day amen, is saying to them, this is what life is. This is what ministry is. This is, this is, how, this is how you make it in ministry. Don't you think that when they, when they also have the opportunity and finally break away from you, that they will go do better. In fact, they will do worse than you. That's why when Agbishop Idaosa in Nigeria died, his sons, they all strived to do 10 times better than him. It's a principle. You say, okay, you, I mean, he was the first guy talk about, you know, building big buildings in terms of church structure. He was the first one in Nigeria. When he died, Oyede would make sure he did 10 times better than what he did. Now, some of the sons that are under Oyedepo, they're trying to outdo their father. I'm not sure how they can outdo that because that's in another, another level. That's in another league. So, so let's be careful. The, the, the idea is be careful of what you do because, listen, your children are watching you, either biological or spiritual. They're watching you and they will replicate what you're doing. Listen to this. Even if you don't tell them that you're a liar, they will lie. Because they live within your house. If, if you're sleeping around as a man of God, guess what? Your children will sleep around. It's a spirit. It's called transference of spirit. We've got to be careful of what we do, what we say, where we go. You won't find me everywhere. I don't go everywhere. In fact, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> I don't go anywhere. I'm in my house. I'm in my house. Somebody said, do you go to church? I don't go to church because I am the church. I've got fellowship. I fellowship with my home, with my family. I'm friends. People who come around, we fellowship together. But guess what? At this season in time, this is not the time for me to be running from one church to another. No. What am I going to be doing there? Except you want me to be scattering the churches. Because that's what I'm going to be doing. And that's what I've been doing before. The Lord said, no, 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 no. That's why they don't invite me again to their churches. They know, yes. Except you want the truth, then you invite Isaiah. If you don't want the truth, don't invite me. Because if you do, you invite me to your own detriment. My prophetic edge is very sharp. Every day the Lord sharpens it. This is not dull. My 
eyes are open, I can see. I'm not blind. Yeah, that's why people stay away from you. Because they know. They know. If they invite you, God will use you to shake everything in the house. Be careful how you invite a true, a true prophet, a true apostle into your house. Be careful. If your house is not in order, don't invite the person. Because I tell you, it's going to leave a trail of destruction by, by the intentions of God. <laughs> Even if, listen to me, I don't have, I don't go to any place planning or, or this is what I'm going to say. No. I've got the best intention that I want to build a church of the Lord. And if the Lord decides to say, now begin to deal with this, begin to deal with that, begin to, who am I? And I tell them, I don't come to your church and preach it and then you come in and you're throwing money to the altar in the name of me preaching. You don't want to do that when I'm there because I'm going to rebuke you. I'll take you, tell you, take that money back because that's pollution. Where did you hear that from? Where did you learn that from? And the things we're doing today, we've accepted. We say, yeah, because people are screaming. And the more people throw money, the more you also get crazy. The spirit of mammon just grab hold of the entire atmosphere. Pervert everything. God is gone. The presence of God is gone. Everybody's going crazy and screaming. The man of God is scraping your head. You don't know. Now, oh, come on. This is my space, so I can speak. If you love me, you will come again tomorrow. If you don't love me, you say, this guy is crazy. I can't listen to him again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the day of the Lord. This is the day of the Lord's vengeance. This is the day of the Lord's zeal. It's a sacred day, friends. It's a sacred day. We cannot afford to live our life as if we live for ourselves. No. No one lives for himself. We represent an order. We represent a kingdom. We represent a kingdom whose authority is reflected in the face of Christ, not in his hand. The ministry of the hand is ending. It's time to come to the ministry of the face. People just want what they can get from God. No, it's time to behold the face. Because when you behold the face, Oh, Labashanda, you will transform society. You will transform nation. Yes, the glory is in the face. The glory is never in the hand. Many are called fivefold ministry, but the ones that will be chosen will be those beholding the face of Christ. Not many that are called who have run with an anointing will indeed behold the face. That will reflect the glory of God. Manifestors of the face of Christ will be those that will carry the ark. And those, and those are the ones that the government of God will rest upon their shoulder, that they will change the government of the nations. There are rankings in these things. Let's not kid ourselves. Sorcery will continue. To replace the church as long as the true vessels of God are quiet. As long as the true vessels of God are hiding in the cave because of Jezebel. Sorcery will become 
the thing of of you know of 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 of, of the society. Can't you see? People are crying. People are running here and there. They don't know what to do. Based on the first order, Simeon practiced sorcery. The people, the people proclaimed him as the great power of God. When they look at Bushir, they say, "Yeah, man of God." Do you see how people were defending Bushiri? When he was to answer in the court, his people were there. Answer Bushiri, answer Bushiri. <laughs> how can we be so blind? Politicians that we know have, have, have committed atrocity. They, they are corrupt. They will go to the church. Church people with color in their, in their neck, pastors, they will go there and say, answer, answer this president. Answer, answer our president. No, 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 no. Are we so blind? Are we so gullible? What is wrong with us? You see, our religion is, is, is factional. Because the religion we practice, amen, is an extension of our tradition. The extension of our tradition, the religion that we practice ought to be a pure, pure religion. A religion whose values and culture is from heaven that which is from a, that which bible says that which is from heaven is above all there is a man from heaven there is a man of the earth there is a church from heaven there is a church of the earth come on we build according to the pattern of the heavenlies not of the earth that which is of the earth is f and is dust is adama is adamic is corrupt that's why they gave us a new nature, the nature of the second man, the last Adam. Come on, friends. Simeon captivate the entire city of Samaria. The people said, is the voice and the of God <laughs> but verse 12 but when the believed Philip but when they believed Philip as they proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God this is as if now remember he stopped proclaiming what the Messiah now we're seeing something we're seeing something he is proclaiming he is proclaiming he is proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. And they were baptized men and women. Something happened. Simeon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere. Ast astonished by the great signs and miracle. They saw. I mean, this guy saw power from a different realm. This Philip, this Simeon guy saw from a different realm. Remember, this guy already has power. But the Bible says, when the belief Philip, amen, proclaimed the kingdom of God, the goodness of, of Christ, the authority of Christ, the Bible says, people were baptized, both men and women, including this sorcerer. He decided, okay, maybe the best way to get into this power also is to get baptized into this name. Don't be fooled. 
that everybody that comes to church and say they want to they want to be part of your church they want to be that they, they, they indeed they are saved they can proclaim that yes they want to give but you've got to take them through a period of training you see i, I keep telling people churches that are weak are churches that have amen that have no training program to bring the people to a point where the people can begin to see because you see it's easy to say give your life to jesus yes i've given my life to jesus but hey you've got to understand that you have a responsibility now to give your soul to surrender your soul and the agendas of your desire on the altar of christ by systematic teaching that's why we did a whole program See, this is one of the programs we did. This is like a disciple training ma manual. It trains people from A to Z on what salvation, redemption. In fact, I've got another one we did on salvation. Unfortunately, I can't reach it. I have invested time, countless of time, because I realized the power of teaching and training people. People think this guy is just no. I'm I'm a prophet. I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a teaching prophet. I'm not a prophet that just go around screaming and making noise and shouting and giving people words that are not there. Words that the people cannot even access. They can't understand. No, my prophetic grace is to open the ears of the people through consistent, systematic teaching. That's a ministry of Ezra. You combine the ministry of Ezra and Nehemiah, you get people transformed. Their walls are rebuilt, their gates, amen, are restored. That's what we're doing. This is this is 30 years of engaging in the things of the spirit. This is no joke. Because you will have people like Simeon that will come to the community and say, Oh, I've given my life to Jesus, hallelujah. Donkey, donkey. No, 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 no. Listen, that guy is still carrying the foreign spirit of the past. That guy is still carrying that sorcery spirit. You say, but he's giving his life to Jesus. He, he confessed that. But there is process that the teachings of the Lord would begin to would begin to reach within within his life, within his mind, within his thought, within his imagination that will demand. Those aspects that have not been dealt with to be dealt with, and that you can only do through a man of grace that has the ability to prophetically teach. Because there's a difference between you just teaching theology and teaching principles based on prophetic, you know, blueprints. Because when you teach based on prophetic blueprint, you see, it's it's like an arrow. Bible says the word of God is like a double-edged sword. It pierces through. It divides. It divides. Only the word of God can divide. Amen. The soul and the spirit. But guess what? You can have a very good weapon. But if people are not trained to use the weapon, the weapon in fact can work against them. And that is what is happening with a lot of people. So, Yes, we know the word of God can divide, can divide the soul and the spirit. But do you have you been trained to use the word of God, amen, in such a way that you're a skillful user of the sword of the spirit? That when you see somebody and you are looking at the spirit of Jezebel and you can address that. And you're not afraid to talk about it. 
Like I told you, I've been for the past one week and I'm I'm writing a new manual, new material on engaging the spirit of Jezebel. We call it, you know, the ministry of architecture of the future. Architecture of the future. If we're going to engage the future, if we're going to build the future, which starts from now, then we've got to know how to address this major principality that are blind, crippled, limits, incarcerate, frustrate, demobilize people, particularly men, from rising into their leadership position and functioning in the way God will have them function. If you're going to do that, then you've got to know how to systematically deal with Jezebel. Raising the spirit of Jehu, amen, backed by the authority, amen, of Elijah. Elijah is a present reality in our day. Those are things we're going to be dealing with, hopefully, next week, by the grace of God. In fact, this morning, I already, you know, uh, add one or two other you know uh, points to this material it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a blessing to the body of christ i'm really looking forward to it and so maybe you want us to even maybe do that in your church let me know if you if you if you have the heart let me know we'll do it because we want to be a blessing to the body of christ that's our desire but there's no pressure we don't put no pressure on anyone all right so the bible said you know philip went to Samaria and this guy was saying okay I'm also going to give my, my life to Jesus Simeon himself believed and baptized and he followed Philip everywhere be careful they want to follow you everywhere oh man of God want to follow you oh man of God oh please man of God be my spiritual father I'm not nobody's spiritual father I'm going to do what God will have me do I'm going to help you I'm going to impact your life it's not an easy thing to wake up and say oh yes you're my you're my I'm your father in the Lord <laughs> come on is that is that how it is, is that how it works where is you are my children whom I travel again in bath until Christ be formed in you what happens to you? You may have a thousand instructors, but you have not many fathers. Do you know what it means? Do you know the responsibility? I know what it is. I mean, from, you know, four months old, I began to, you know, raise my child. I mean, you know, sit my child because my wife have to go to work. So from four months, Samuel was four months. When I was taking care of, I mean, I learned how to do diapers. Oh, God help me here. I don't even want to start remembering. <laughs> but I mean, I have to learn how to change diapers and all that. I mean, all my life, I've never, I've never experienced such a thing. Beyond that, you talk about somebody that was not raised by a father. I mean, I wasn't raised by my father. I mean, I came from a broken home. I mean, my, my mom and my father, I mean, they, they went their separate path. Long before, I mean, I even grew up and begin to understand what life is. I just had a very faint understanding about the house we were living before everything, everything got scattered, you know, with my siblings. Everybody was here and there. So growing up with a dysfunctional, you know, concept about, you know, fatherhood and life. I mean, that was difficult for me. I mean, the first four months of my life with my son was like hell because I... I, I and not like you've been trained to prepare for this. <laughs> That's why I keep telling you, I keep saying, listen, you've got to understand that marriage is beyond just, you know, uh, I love you, I love you. And you come together and you do the thing. Here's a child. Oh, you wake up to the reality of what marriage is. 
But that's when people want to run away. That's when people want to hit the road. No. With every pleasure comes a responsibility to grow, to nurture, to mature, and to release. With every pleasure. A pleasure that will not take more than 30 minutes will cost you a lifetime walk. You know what I'm talking about. It's a responsibility to be a father. I know what it means. I've got few in my life. Children. I'm not just talking about biological now. Spiritual children. But you will never hear me call myself a father. A spiritual father. No. That is a title to one. You have not many fathers. He said, call no man father. Are you... That's not in the scripture. Oh, well, unfortunately, it's in the scripture. <laughs> it's in the scripture. You see, that's what I, that's a problem. We've got this prejudicial mindset. No, we, we, we select what we want in the scripture. Jesus himself said, call not men, father. You have not. You only have one father. So all these men in our life, all these people in our life we call father. So who are they? They are our disciples. They are our trainers. They are there as our shepherd to guide. Yes, the Bible talk about them being our shepherd. Alright? And they, amen, submit to the great shepherd. And, and I'm not saying everybody that call themselves, I mean, I'm not saying everyone that call themselves a father or that are fathers are indeed no fathers. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we've abused the title. I understand the witness of that meaning of that word of a father because I have to spiritually, I mean if I'm watching over you I have to know what is happening in your life spiritually and, 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 and I don't have to always be at your face that's why people who, who I'm mentoring, I'm, I'm overseeing their, you know, their spiritual walk they will tell you I don't call them except I need to and if I call them, it's because there must be something the Lord wants me to chip into their life. Maybe just, maybe just say hello, just for them to know that I'm there. But uh, you would never find me, you know, trying to, you know, cloud them. I don't control them. I don't even ask them for money. No. Maybe once a while. If I, in fact, once I can count how many times I've asked people that are close to me that I said I because I'm I was very desperate in need, so I had to ask one or two, and they always respond. But guess what? I they, they will tell you I don't because if I have a need, I tell my father, and he provides. And if it doesn't provide, that's a good answer. Then I know that that thing, well, I don't need it yet. Even though it may seem as if I need it. Well, if, if I need it, he will provide. But my prayer has always been, God, speak to the heart of people. That before I ask, let them respond. Because then that is where honor comes. Because sometimes there is, it's dishonor. When you know you, are, you can do something, you can be a blessing. But you have to wait for the man to come and ask you. There's no dignity in that. And that's no pride. Especially if that man speaks into your life. He covers you. He resources you. 
So we're looking at this at the context of Simeon also coming to be baptized. So I also want to come under your leadership. Be careful. Let's be careful. Not everyone that say they want to build with you indeed want to build with you. Some are actually there strategically by the enemy to pull you down. Because they, they wangle their, themselves into your life just to see your weakness. Just to see your vulnerability. And then when, when, when they know that you've turned your back, then they stab you at the back. And that's why all these men of God, they, they have you know, appetition. All these men of God, they go, oh, this one just left. He took, me, he took my people away. He broke away. <laughs> and like, you want to be a father? Welcome. See, they are not wise. They're insecure. It's insecurity that, pro, that that makes you want to project yourself to be what you're not, or to even to 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 be seeking for an office that you have not been given. There are people that heaven positioned them as a father in the earth, and I know I'm one of them. Particularly if you carry a strong prophetic grace, you see, with a strong prophetic grace comes the spirit of wisdom. With wisdom comes humility. With, with, with humility comes the capacity to be an elder at the gate. Because that begins to speak into your ability to be constrained and to be restrained. See, when we say, don't do this, don't do that, don't run after this, don't, you see, you, you want to buy a jet plane, you think then that, that makes you important. No, it just shows that you are so insecure. At least to somebody like me and to many who have sight. That every day you change your suit, you change your dress, you change your clothes. Does it show me that you're rich? It shows me that you're insecure. <laughs> Why are you preaching? All you want for people to just see your, you know, your Rolest, your Rolest wristwatch, you know, or whatever you call it. Hallelujah. <laughs> or you, you know, you, you're trying to make a point. That tells me that you're insecure because your security is 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 is, is in things, is in material. It's in your car. Alright? That's why you must get all these things to prove a point. Huh? So that when people come around you and they see these things, like, wow, wow. Man of God. <laughs> when I come around, I'm not wow. I say, oh, what an insecure man. Humility reflects authority, honor, grace, Government. And Philip, Bible says, and Simeon also believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished, astonished, astonished by the great signs and miracle he saw. That's the that's the key. He was astonished. But look at this. When the apostles in Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God. They sent Peter, don't joke now. They sent Peter and John to Samaria. Amen. They sent, they sent revelation and love. <laughs> when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers. Can you see? I told you that hardly do you find, hardly would you read the book of. Act that you will not find a place where the Bible talk about prayer, where you see these guys praying, exhibiting the grace, the power.
power, the ministry, the culture of prayer. The Bible says as they got to Samaria, they prayed for the new believers. That they may receive the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, amen, can be transferred, can be imparted, amen, by the prayer of the believers to the, you know, to, you know, to the new converts. That you can receive. There's something called the transference of spirit. I can transfer. I always tell people, if you're listening to me and your heart truly is pure and you're connected in heart, what I'm declaring can be transferred into your life to the point, amen, where you begin to, in fact, get a manifestation, miracle and healing. The Bible says as he, as, as he was preaching, the power of God was present to heal them. So I don't even need to lay hands on you. I don't need to, you know. No, it, 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 you, you, can, you can connect to the frequency of the Spirit because it's a shared life. They pray for them that they may receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, authority, and they received the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit, amen, can be expressed through our hand, you don't want to take that hand, amen, to the Sangoma. You don't want to carry some ungodly ring from somewhere, amen, into, you know, into that hand because it's not going to work. The Bible says, when Simeon saw the Holy Spirit, now listen to this, yet the apostles are ministering, they're doing their function, they're carrying out their ministry. Verse 18, when Simeon, remember Simeon claimed he's given his life to Jesus, um, God baptized, when Simeon saw the Holy Spirit, was given at the laying on of the hands of the apostles he offered them money <laughs> did you see he offered them money this guy is rich obviously from his sorcery he had not learned to amen, bring that money to the apostles feet the bible says when he saw he offered money say oh what this is a different dimension from sorcery this is a this is a higher level of sorcery guys can i buy this power from you guys <laughs> the bible says he offered the money as peter and john lay hands on the people and the people were receiving the holy spirit and things were happening people were getting healed getting free when simeon saw this he offered them money and said, Give me also the ability that everyone whom I lay my hands will receive the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because he has not been trained, he's not been taught. Philip had not told him and said, Hey, guy, everything that you were before and whatever it's been working in your life must cease now you have to be culture you have to be brought into the into the life into the culture of the kingdom so at one point he's giving he says he claim he's giving his life to jesus christ at the other hand amen his value system has not changed he offered them money peter answered may your money perish with you that sound like me I said, that sounds like me. Peter answered, may your money perish with you. You, you. you think the word of God is just for, you know, some people without boldness. Without That's why I keep saying, we, we talk about being a possible, but we, we have no teeth. 
We can't buy it. May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. His thought has not been redeemed. His thought has not been transformed. That is speaking to the condition, to the faculty of his soul. You can be saved and your soul, amen, is still captured by the devil. You can be saved and your soul is still being influenced by the powers, amen, of darkness. You can be saying Jesus Christ and your, your, your desires, your influence, your agenda is still of this world. You thought you could buy the gift of God with money. Hallelujah. This is what, this is what Peter said, not me. Because sometimes when you declare things like this, people say, oh no, why, why are you saying this? Why are you saying things like this? You're, 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 you're not being, you're not, there's <laughs> a way to say it now. You're not gender sensitive. You're not, you, you know, you're not sensitive. You're, you're not, you're these, you're that. You know, we live in a democratic world today where if people find it difficult to express the mandate of the kingdom, to express the authority of the kingdom. Why? Because, you know, we're afraid to declare truth because we, we're afraid that we're going to offend people. And that's what Jezebel wants. So you have to be looking. You have, you have to be scanning your every word you use. You must be pol politically correct. <laughs> Not here. Not the kingdom. Peter says your money perish with you. Can we have men of God today say such a thing? Money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no partner share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. I love Peter. You have no part or share in this ministry. Share, <laughs> hey, yeah, yes. You don't have a share here. Because when people think, oh, we have got share in this ministry. So, a man of God, you know, Bishop, I don't know if, you, if you've had such, you know, such encounter. People say, ah, 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 ah. Bishop, you can't say those things. You can't talk about those things. You know, we're the ones sponsoring this, this, this project, yeah? So be careful of what you say. Be careful of how you talk to that brother. Be careful of what you, how you try to rebuke that sister. Just be careful because, you know, if you say too much, uh, we're going to withdraw the money. Peter said, you have no share in this ministry. You have no share, no part. Let people know. Don't put people that will capture in your, in your, in your ministry board, whatever you call them, that will capture the spirit of God that will emasculate you, that will cut your manhood, take your authority from you. You're just a, you're just a figurehead. That's what that's what Jezebel does. That's why those those prophets they eat on Jezebel's table. Every Jezebel in my life, the Lord cut them, and they well dried up. And the Lord said, "Now watch me. I'll be dropping, you know." Little by little water there. <laughs> because we want to live in the overflow. Don't live in the overflow of a Jezebel. That when you want to speak, you have to look, be looking at their face. Or you have to be scratching your head. <laughs> when you want, you want to say something, the Spirit of the Lord has put in your heart, then you think, hey, but if I say this, it's going to hurt that sister. It's going to, hey. I... Then you start doubting. God is coming for you. They will kill you. 
the angels will take you away because you're no longer fit to represent the things of God. You've been captured. If they can capture you because of food, because of paying bills, because of paying God knows what, and you have no authority to speak, that means you have lost the edge. You've abdicated your place, your position as an authority, as a representative of God in the earth. May their money perish with them. You have no part, no share in this ministry because your heart is not pure. You see, they come to you, they tell, oh, no, we want to we wanna serve, we want to pray with you. Wanna, uh, their heart is not right. Just start touching the tail of that serpent. You're going to see that serpent is going to, I'm going to bite you. <laughs> I'm going to bite you. Let the fire of God start, start walking in the church. You start seeing them manifesting. Yes, the serpent spirit will start manifesting. God help you if you don't have the apostolic governmental authority to deal with it. They will finish your ministry. I don't know who I'm talking to. Or even your marriage or your home. You have no partner share in this. Because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wicked and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive of sin I thought this guy gave his life <laughs> I thought this man gave his life to Jesus friends we've got to We've got to go back and look into the concept of salvation again. You see, that's why I wrote a whole manual. I wish I could show you. I think it's in my, my, my other wardrobe. There's a whole manual I did on the ministry of redemption. There's more to know about salvation and redemption than five minutes, you know, prayer, uh, Jesus coming to my life, and is <laughs> a whole world of curriculum. You've got to take your people through. You're going to take your home, your family, your marriage, your children through. So nobody lives in assumption. Alright, so I think you need to begin to round up now. People are good. People needs to go to church. This is the first church you're coming to. Ah, <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Yes. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then, then Simeon prayed. Simeon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that, so that nothing you have said will happen to me. Oh yes, he understood. After they had uh, further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testify about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samarian village. And uh, now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, go, go south to, to the road, the desert road that goes down, to, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he, he, he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian, Enoch, an important you know, official in charge of all the treasury of the uh, of Candice, you know, Candice, 
which means the queen of Ethiopia. I mean, this guy is basically the, you know, the minister of finance. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, in his limousine, whatever you want to call it, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet, the spirit, uh, the spirit said to, uh, to, to Philip, go to, the, go to that chariot and, and, and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. He was reading. This guy was reading the Isaiah, the prophet. It's like he's reading Isaiah. He's not just reading the book. That's what is coming to my mind. You know, you can read a person. Reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip answered. Philip asked, how can I? He said, unless someone explained to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the message of, uh, this is the message of, of scripture. The Enoch was reading. Then obviously he began to read. Uh, well, I think I'm going to stop here because basically we've covered the main point because our focus is basically on prayer. And obviously, this guy gave his life to Jesus. He gave his life. He got baptized. In fact, maybe I should read verse 36. As they travel along the road, after opening the eyes of this guy to, you know, to the word of God, remember that Philip is not just one who carried the, who carried the power of God. Philip also had insight, amen, to, to articulate, to, to explain, and to interpret scripture. I think that is the point that we need to make here. All right? So as they travel along, because understanding when you open scripture to people it gives them understanding and then that leads them into making decision making a choice yes as they travel along they came to some water and uh, the enoch said look here's water what can stop me what excuse me what can stand in the way of me being baptized you can see the concept the issue was on baptism and he gave order to stop the chariot then both Philip and the Enoch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away and the Enoch did not see him again. Wow. Beautiful concept. May we, may we do what God will have us do in the life of people and leave them so that other people can take it from there. That's still something that we're struggling with today. But may the Lord help us. So the Bible says, when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the Enoch did not see him again, but went on his way joyous. That's the key. He went on his way joyous. Philip, however, appeared at Azutos and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the town until he reaches Caesarea. That's the end of chapter 8. I love, I, I just love the word of God. Aren't you blessed, friends, this morning? Aren't you, you know, excited about what the Lord is revealing, what, what the Spirit of God is bringing to our attention in this new day? We are entering into that realm. I, I can feel it. I can feel it. I can sense it. We, 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 like I've said some time ago, we have shifted in the season. We've entered into a new day. All right? And this order of the third day is beginning to shape out is is getting clearer we, we get to you know visibility of what god would do and how he will have us interact even as a church all right that is being streamlined into the order of kingdom culture not just some rhetorics 
but into the very life. And what God is doing in this new day, amen, is the transformation of the structure of what we call the ecclesia. So that they can pour into us that which will bring forth, amen, the redemption and the transformation of creation. So I really want to thank you this morning once again, friends, for being part of this uh, 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 meeting, this uh, uh, broadcast. Uh, I'm so grateful. I'm, 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 I'm eternally grateful to everyone for, for you making the time. All right. Oh, here is um, my dear sister. Kumisa, I didn't know you were joining this morning. I didn't even know you were there. All right. So thank you so very much, Brother Desmond. Thank you so much. Every time I see you, my heart is filled with joy. My sister, uh, Sister Crystal, thank you. Crystal Smith, Smith, thank you. Amen, man of God. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Tina. Amen. Pastor Adewale, thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. Bishop Abraham, it's nice. It's an honor to have you this morning. Join me. I really do appreciate this. This is great. This is wonderful. I hope uh, I will have the honor again to connect with you again. All right, or rather you connect with me. All right. We'll continue to do this. We're going to finish uh, the entire book of Acts. All right. Tomorrow, by the grace of God, we're going to be doing Acts chapter 9. Yes, we're going to be doing Acts chapter 9 tomorrow. And uh, hopefully this afternoon, I might come on a different note, you know, just share some things. Uh, please, let me just quickly say this. If, if you have not listened to um, the broadcast we did yesterday morning, you should. It's it's powerful it will blow your mind i mean it it, it will it will shift you in the spirit it will impart something new into your life i can assure you in fact most of the teachings we do but that one we did yesterday amen on uh, um you know uh, the voice of of the watchman beautiful 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 please do listen to it and please do like our um you know the, the the teaching like it please share it if you can all right tell somebody about it put it on your uh, timeline if you can all right we'll just want to spread this good news want to keep spreading the word want to keep spreading amen the reality of god's intention for our day amen the lord will continue to build this church and the gate of hell shall not prevail it will not prevail thank you have yourself a wonderful day if you're going to church this morning well go well and may truth continue to guide your heart. All right. Thank you so much. God bless you. And if you're preaching this morning, may God put a new word in your heart, in your mouth. May you go there and speak and represent, amen, the voice of God, the intentions of God. May you build in accordance to, in accordance to divine pattern. And may his glory fill the house. Thank you, everyone. Have yourself a wonderful day. Bye-bye. <laughs>